Welcome to a new episode of Perspectives with Mark Bush and Friends. Let's go! Perspective is the way a person sees something. It's usually through the lens of their life and their experiences. There's no right and wrong when having a conversation discussing someone's perspective because it's necessary to understand, engage, and conversate. This is Perspectives with Mark Bush and Friends. another episode of Perspectives with Mark Bush and Friends. Today, I really want to cover uh, a hot topic that I've been dealing with with uh, friends for the last couple of weeks, I think, uh, because everybody's getting back into interviews and back into working in person. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me to help them out with their resumes. So I've been looking at these resumes and I'm like, man, we need to talk about this. And so today I have on the line two good friends of mine that come from two different arenas of hiring professionals. So I have Mark Lloyd, who is an HR professional in the corporate world. And then I have a good friend of mine, Andrew Lowe, who is an HR professional in the government job world. And so I know I have a lot of veteran friends and I have a lot of civilian friends. So I just thought their perspectives, you hear it? Keyword perspectives. Uh, would be great for you all to uh, hear. So without further ado, Mark, would you just give us a quick background where, of where your perspective in this industry comes from? Well, thanks, first of all, Mark, for having us and having this opportunity for people to learn and to dig into the mysterious world of hiring and resume review. So as Mark mentioned, uh, my name is also Mark, which is funny, but last name Lloyd, and I am a native of San Antonio, Texas. And thanks to the U.S. Air Force, I have had the opportunity to travel and lived in multiple states across the country, as well as Germany, which was a wonderful experience. And my perspective comes from corporate recruiting, just like Mark mentioned. I've been in the industry for about 10 years and have worked within a variety of different sectors, currently education, previously civil engineering and a little bit of architecture and then prior to that banking and finance so really happy to be here and shed some light into a world of resumes thanks mark i appreciate it by the way mark wasn't actually in the united states air force i knew her husband when he was a cadet at the air force academy all the way back in 05 so we've been friends for a good while and then andrew if you would give the people a little bit about a little background on your perspective in this industry. Sure, sure. My name is Andrew Dalton Lowe, 28 years old. I'm originally from California, joined the Air Force, did like seven years, met Mark over in South Dakota. South Dakota. After that, went over to Delaware, did a few deployments. Then I drove all the way back across country from Delaware to California. And I was out of a job for a while as a struggling veteran, get my foot in the door in a government agency with the United States Census Bureau. I worked there for about five months. After that, I knew somebody at the VA, got my foot in the door over there. I worked as an HR assistant there for about a year. After that, got promoted to an HR specialist. And now I'm servicing a nursing agency, a business agency, and internship program over at the VA in Palo Alto. Awesome. Awesome. On an average, how many resumes do you all go through in like, let's just say a week? 
So it really depends. That's a great question. A lot, I'll say, just to kind of give a short answer. We, I'm sure Andrew can agree with this. In HR, you see so many resumes because you're hiring for a vast number of positions. We hire administrators and then we also hire VPs or C-level employees. And so for, you know, a general administrative front desk secretary, I could see 150 plus applications a week. I don't see all of those myself. And we can talk about that more um, of kind of how how that process happens. But yes, high volumes of applications always. Yeah. Would you would you say that you get to actually put eyes on every resume? Not at all. I would say I might see 10%, maybe even less. And I think applicant tracking systems, which is maybe a unfamiliar word for people that aren't in the industry is something that, you know, is good to inform people about and kind of how those determine what resumes get in front of hiring managers, because I think that that is so important when determining how you write your resume, that you are really clear from specific, you know, buzzwords or keywords that you're going to find in the job description, making sure to include those on your application so that as the application's being screened, you know, it's it's not getting thrown out before it even gets to the the gatekeeper or oh, to yeah. the HR. We're definitely gonna talk about that because that that's that's yeah. huge. Andrew, how many how many applications do you think you look at in a week's time? So depending on the job, just just like Mark was saying. Which Mark? Or nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Loy, Mark Moon. <laughs> so it really depends on the job. Say we have an announcement on USA Jobs for a Pathways position, which is our internship program at the VA. Mm-hmm. There's going to be hundreds of resumes, maybe upwards of two, three of college students who are in school or freshly graduated. We could have upwards of 200 applications at the time. So when we're looking at all of these resumes, we won't have more than maybe 10 seconds to look at that resume and determine, is this person going to be a good fit? Hmm. That's not a lot of time. No. So you got to make sure that those 10 seconds count. And I, I think that's, I, I see head nods over here. Oh, yeah. So I see oh, yeah. getting a lot. So. Yes. So with me being a small business owner, when I put out a hire, it's almost like an immediate need. And I don't have the time to always sift through all these resumes. And, and i tell you, one of my biggest engines is Indeed. And man, do people not know how to use that platform properly when applying for these jobs that I put out. And sometimes when I put out a, a job hire on Indeed, I'll get 240 something resumes overnight. And you go in there and you're just like, the job is for this title and their title in there is cashier. And I'm looking for a, you know, licensed practical nurse. So I don't even open that one. So even how, you know, people use their search, the search engines has been really poor. And so I will sift through, you know, like, like Mark said, 10% of 241 resumes. And so from the start, these people will have to understand the value of what platform you're using to put your resume through, is it fulfilling what the job is asking for? It's huge. So Mark, mm-hmm. I, I love that you brought up the use of these so- of, of software and the algorithm that 
sift through these things to save time because we also have to worry about manpower that's being used towards hiring people. So the algorithms that are used to not even bring it to your level. So somebody uh, could be, you know, submit an application and you'll never see it because it, they didn't have the key components in their resume to resonate with the algorithm to bring it forward. You want to talk a little bit about that? Definitely. An applicant tracking system or an ATS, as we call it in the industry, is exactly what Mark uh, Bush mentioned. It's a computer, a robot, a bot, however you want to describe it, that is utilized to screen through the volume of applicants that we as HR professionals see on a regular basis. And so what as we mentioned earlier, it's really key that when you are applying, when you're completing your resume or, or building the resume, that you are really knowledgeable and aware of some of the things that an applica applicant tracking system yeah. will and won't do. The first things that it will do is it is going to look for those keywords, as we mentioned. It's going to you know, potentially push out candidates that don't meet those criteria or don't have those, those buzzwords or keywords on the resume, it will also, depending on exactly what software you're using, it will also kind of like pre-rate or pre-track the applicant um, or the resume. So I currently use a software that will actually tell me, hey, this is my, my A bucket or my, my top tier amount of candidates because of what we see on the resume. These are B-level candidates. They have a few words, but maybe not 100%. And then these people are maybe, you know, tier three or C-level candidates. So it can even rank your resume based on that specific software. Some things I do think that are important to mention is things that will cause you to be disqualified, because I think these are common mistakes and common things that people don't know. So applicant tracking systems, they can't read text that's placed in headers or footers. So if you're putting your you know, name, contact information in the header, it might not catch that. Applicant tracking systems, they also can't read text placed in text box. So be, be very familiar and kind of aware with that. Appl applicant tracking systems, they don't care about bold, underlined, italicized, colored or colored filled text. So definitely feel free to be creative and, you know, make it visually appealing. But in some instances, that information is not going to be transferred or transmitted to the hiring professional. Applicant tracking systems, they also don't see photos or graphics. So I would recommend to probably not use them. I'm sure we all have seen those resumes with pictures on them and that's great, you know, but unless you're applying to be a model, I would probably not put my picture on my resume. The only area I do think maybe to include some graphics is maybe you're creative, maybe you're a graphic designer, maybe you want to, you know, put a link or something to some demo work that you have, but I would be really careful about putting any additional graphics, especially not photos on your resume. A few more things, applicant tracking systems, they scan text from left to right. So I see this so much. If people have columns or they try to be really creative, that is good. And I think it does make your resume stand out, but also be careful because some applicant tracking systems, if you have things in columns, it might get lost in the, in the transmission. And then finally, applicant tracking systems read MS Word documents mm -hmm. the best. And so if you have any other crazy kind of file you're trying to upload, be careful with that because it might get kicked out of the system before we even see it. That's so good to know. Just to even know the and understand the format that's necessary for these systems to see. Because I, I just learned that for the first time today, that they're, they're more prone to see MS Word than a PDF file, if you will. Right. Or Adobe files or any other just crazy format. And it's not all of them. I wouldn't say it's mm -hmm. a complete 
you know, deal breaker if you do use a different format. But I have seen people that will call and say, hey, did you get my application? And it doesn't even get to me because of the formatting. Wow. And I, after hearing you talk, I just realized that like the hundreds of resumes that I sent <laughs> once I got out of the military were probably just looked straight over thanks to your applicant tracking system because <laughs> I was just like oh I'm gonna make it stand out I'm gonna put this bold here colors here maybe I'll put a picture no I never put a picture um, <laughs> but the one time I tried to model just kidding <laughs> but you know like I, I never I never realized there was that much into it mm-hmm. I mean from the federal government side it's pretty straightforward you know you go on USA jobs you fill out this questionnaire, you upload your resume, maybe a cover letter or something. We'll get back to the cover letter. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. So hearing that is really good insight. And I, I, I wish I talked to you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but Andrew, I want you to explain how your system works when they go and do the formatting. Because there, I, I know that there are people that are listening right now looking for USA jobs right yeah. now. Um, can you talk to them about what they should be aware of? So typically when a hiring manager wants to post a job, it gets filtered through me. Once it gets filtered through me, I determine the qualifications that this person needs for this position. And I send that up to his team who then posts it to USA jobs. Once they post it to USA jobs, all these applications come in towards them. Mm -hmm. They will start rating all of these applications and filter them into different tiers as determined by the qualifications that I set forth with the hiring manager. And so are they going through each and every last resume? They are. Mm. So given the amount of resumes that'll come in, usually job posting is open for two weeks or so. There are some special circumstances where they're open and continuous jobs, jobs that have really high turnover. But a lot of the jobs that I see on USA jobs are all about timing. So it's really important if you're applying for a position or you want to obtain a position in the federal government, you got to take check back every single day okay? because it could change on a dime. Like I just had an assistant nurse manager. They just put in their two weeks notice. And within a day, we submitted the package up to the, the team that handles the job postings. And so there's your two week window right there. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes by quick. And we'll get a lot of applications. What would you say some of the the components of the resumes are they looking at to even bring it back towards you all for hiring? So I think the biggest factor that I've seen on resumes is whether you're full-time or part-time in a position and how long you were there for. Yeah. Those are the first things I look at. And, and why, would you, why, would you, why, why would that be such a big deal to you guys? It's just... The, the regulations that are set forth by the Office of Personnel Management, mm-hmm. it's almost always based on experience. Yeah. One-year experience, two-year experience. And every specialist is a little different as their rating. Some might round up, some might round down. Mm-hmm. 
it really depends on who's rating your resume. Yeah. I sometimes but, think about that, that aspect of the resume when it comes to the length of employment at previous jobs mm -hmm. as an outlook for me to know how long I can expect for this person to be with me, you know, and, and people don't even understand that when you're lining your resume up, we're looking for how long have you been there? And then what are some gaps in employment and why? And that, like you said, that 10 seconds skimming this resume, that's one of the first things I'm looking at is, am I going to be rehiring for this position in a year? Am I going to be rehiring for this position in six months? I don't want it because you've already shown in your track record, you are a flight risk for lack of better <laughs> words, you know? So, so yeah. So that's why I asked that question because for you, you're looking at experience in the position because it's part of the qualifications. For me, I'm looking at, will you be here for a good a length of time before I have to start this hiring process all over? Because for a small business owner, man, is that a lot of time. That's a yeah. lot of money, you know, to retrain somebody to do the job we just filled six months ago. So for the federal government, a lot of times when we're looking at the resumes, we are assuming that they're going to be with us mm. for the long I haul. I can see that. I can see that. So in that case, we really have to be careful about who we leave in here because once they get in, it's in. hard to get rid of them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like I know myself, I, I, I was on the job search. I was just like, oh, I'm going to work for a Fortune 500 company in San Francisco. Well, I ended up at the federal government. <laughs> and my military service counts here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for 25 years, Mark. That's I cool. love it. I love it. I love where I work. That's awesome. And so I, I'm a prime example. If I'm a bad employee, you, you, sorry, you're stuck with me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so you just gotta be really careful about about who you're letting in. So absolutely, that's, that's why exactly it's so what important. About to say to, is it's just a matter of like understanding that yeah, once we hire this person. Right. There's a lot of things that come with having them in the in the family, and and it and then there's federal and state laws that makes it very difficult to get rid of. You know, state of Georgia, we're at at will state, so I can terminate for for any reason. However, it can hit my unemployment if they go to the unemployment office if I didn't do things properly for the Department of Labor to understand that there was a reason for me to let this person go. So yeah, so, I, so there is a lot in letting people in your house and these resumes give us a glimpse of who we're gonna allow to come and sit before us to interview. And so we're not even gonna talk about interview, we're just talking about getting to the interview through what's on your, on your paper. So what are, what are some, for Mark, for you in the corporate world, what are some things that you're looking at in your resume process? Definitely. So I, I think I 100% agree with everything you and Andrew have just mentioned about, you know, making sure that you're hiring the right people. And one thing I wanted to touch on before getting to what I really look for is I think especially in the corporate world, and Mark, you can 100% agree with this, I assume, that no matter if you're a small business or a large corporation, that the culture is the culture of the company and the people that you have, you know, work is just as important as the product or services Absolutely. that you're providing, you know, to to whoever your customer is. And so, you know, 
as HR representatives, really, you know, knowing what the culture is and knowing what kind of people really fit best within that organization is key. And that goes into resumes because your resume is your representation of yourself before we meet you or before we talk to you. So one thing I I think is so important is, you know, go over your resume with a fine tooth comb. You would not believe how many resumes we see with just minor typos, you know, dates that are all wonky. You know, I even got a resume once and this is no exaggeration. It looked like he had copied another resume of one that he wanted to mimic and like had (laughs) bottom of the page and forgot to take it off. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, first definitely quality and the quality and the cleanness of your resume speaks more about you than sometimes even your tenure or your experience at a company, because that tells me kind of what your attention to detail is. One other thing I would say from the corporate world is make sure that you have a LinkedIn and please include that LinkedIn link on your resume. That's That's a really fast and cheap way for an HR representative to verify your references. We can look to see if your, your resume, you know, mirrors what your LinkedIn profile is. And, you know, if, if it's not the same, then that, then that tells me something too. But yeah, definitely have a LinkedIn profile, include that LinkedIn profile on your resume so that the, the HR rep can take a look at that. And we won't go into this now. I think it'll be great, but LinkedIn recommendations are the new reference check. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of great resources to check references these days, but, you know, in your networking conversations and even with your peers and or managers, you know, ask them, Hey, would you mind writing me a LinkedIn recommendation? It doesn't have to be a long, you know, it could be a couple sentences. Hey, he or she's great at, you know, X, Y, and Z, but that says a lot from a resume standpoint while we're going through those, you know, we're looking through them. So I don't know, the list could go on and on about things to include on your resume and, you know, ways to improve them. But a few I wanted to mention is make sure you're paying attention to quality. And then obviously make sure that you, you have a, a, a LinkedIn and it is well representative of your skills, your experience and is professional. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I love a great LinkedIn I look at that thing, you know, I can't put my face on my resume, but man, I could put on my LinkedIn, right? (laughs) You know, you're looking at who's going to be working with you. Yeah. And if I see a resume that, that piques my interest just a little bit, I'll, I'll shoot on over there. I'll take a look at it. And like, like Mark was saying, I'm going to make sure that the resume matches up with the LinkedIn, yep. see all the recommendations on there. That thing is gold. gold. Yep. Um, another thing I also find really useful for, you know, and I recommend people do, if you have a gap of employment, maybe you're in the job search and you're volunteering, you're involved in professional organizations, you were, you know, doing anything out of a typical, you know, nine to five or eight to five, use your LinkedIn profile to speak to that. Maybe the resume is not the best place to highlight those things, but if you are involved in the Boys and Girls Club or in your local, you know, whatever, Red Cross, LinkedIn can also be another way to kind of bridge the gap between professional experience and or, you know, volunteer type of opportunities. So one of the things that I've seen in in my industry is when people have gap in employment, I've invited some people in for interviews and I've talked to the point of the gap. And someone will say something to the effect of, oh, yeah, I was taking care of my mom. And once she passed away, I got back into, you know, searching for a job. And that, that's why that there was a year gap there. 
I try to help people to understand that you were a caregiver at that point. That's a job. Mm-hmm. Put it on your resume. You can be your own boss. <laughs> Just make sure that, say, for instance, I don't have the opportunity or I don't want to bring you in for an interview because I see the gap. Make sure that that gap is answered in that resume to the fullest extent that you can do it honestly. And so, yeah, so like I said, if there's gaps for like personal reasons, things like that, think of a creative way of creating that that job title for that position and plugging it in there. what do you have uh, for that, Andrew? So I have a story. <laughs> a friend of mine went to UC Davis, chemical engineer, right? Yeah. Okay. So, he graduated, a year goes by, nothing. He's sending his applications out left and right. You know, his friends, his colleagues, they're all getting jobs and he's left sitting at home. All right, so we, we take him out to dinner a couple of times, just check on how he's doing. And it's like, how's the resume doing? Let me take a look at it. And you know, it's, he doesn't have a lot of experience. He yeah. just went to school. So it's like, what am I going to put on there to make these companies give me a shot? I was like, all right, man, you legit did a sabbatical and went over to, I think he went to China and he was a monk. I'm not kidding. This dude was a monk for a summer. (laughs) See, uh, judging by your reactions, that's really cool. It's really cool. Right. And then, in the time that he was unemployed out of school, he started doing jujitsu. And like every day, every day. So those kinds of things make me look look at the resume and be like, this guy seems pretty cool. You know what? <laughs> he's he's not the most qualified, but he seems pretty cool. Yeah. And may, maybe I'll bring him in for an interview. So the moment he added those things to his resume. He got a job offer wow. or a, a job interview. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, they they took him in, he sat in the lobby, and then his boss came out, said like, let me give you a tour. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a right? good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gave him the tour. And then he was like sweating because all the other interviews he would go to, it's like really formal, all this yeah. stuff. But yeah. this one, he talked to him like a person, hmm. not a candidate, because I think he knew that he was different. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was interesting. Yeah. And that during that tour, it's kind of a testament to like what he saw on the resume. And it's like, am I going to enjoy working with this guy? Is he moldable? I know he doesn't have the experience nope. just now, but can I give them that? Absolutely. I, I think that the whole point of the resume is to let a HR manager or rep want to invite you in to meet you. Mm-hmm. And what sets you apart from, you know, applicant 236 and applicant 157? What sets you apart? You know, him being a monk, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> he probably went to the short pile. But he would probably get it. I just want to see you. I just want to see yeah. what you're about, man. I just what want to about, have, man? Tell me. Why'd you go? Right like, I want to know what made you want to go be a monk after chemical engineering <laughs> school. And and, yeah. and and those little things can invite you in. I had a, a buddy of mine. He was a canine handler. 
And I was doing his resume and I said, hey man, okay, so you were, you're canine and I was canine. So I know that we do a lot of cool missions, but he was so vague on what it meant to be a canine handler. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, as I was working on his resume, tell me the coolest missions you ever done. He said, oh yeah, I did um, a mission when the president went to the UN. I said, so you did a mission for the president of the United States at the UN. Sounds pretty important. With, with how many <laughs> how many countries represented? With how many dignitaries rec- represented? Mm-hmm. And what did you do? Oh, you looked for explosives to make sure the meeting could go on and that everybody was safe. And that's not in your resume? <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, I'm about to lose my mind here. I've already lost my hair. So the next thing is my mind. So, uh, so it's just a matter of like understanding that we all have, you know, like really cool experiences that can make us look very appealing to the person that's looking at our resume. And the, I, I think I made a Facebook post about this uh, last week. Your resume is the last place to be modest about what you've done in your career and in your life. It's the last place to be modest. Like, please sell yourself, please brag on yourself. So uh, Mark, what's one of your your unique funny stories with when looking at resumes and the person that came to sit in front of you? Oh goodness, I think it was, I mean, so it, just to kind of go into more detail about the resume that I mentioned earlier, the guy sent me a resume and left a resume that he was copying on the actual application, that was probably the most like shocking. I was like, you didn't review this absolutely once. Um, So that was, that's probably my most shocking just from a resume standpoint. But I mean, I think it's when you, when you read a resume as an HR professional, because we see them so much, Mm -hmm. we do kind of start to formulate who we think that person is in our mind, which is a good thing. But I absolutely love when I think that I know what I'm, you know, who I'm talking to or who I'm going to meet. And then they show up and they're completely different for, you know, for confidentiality's sake, I won't go into the differences of, you know, what I thought I was going to see versus what I did. But I really do think that, you know, just going back into making the resume represent you the best. One thing that I'm starting to see that I think is best practice to use is instead of having a typical summary of qualifications or objectives that you see at the top, I've seen a lot more people, and it's been a recent thing, but they have a branding statement. Hmm. And to your point, Andrew, and also yours, Mark, using that you know valuable space or valuable real estate on your resume to tell them about the cool trips you've taken, about you know your hobbies or your extracurricular activities if you're a college graduate, to to show the uniqueness of yourself. I think that's so much you know more effective to both of your points, then just say, hey, I'm hardworking, I'm professional, I'm detail-oriented, which everybody has in that summary of qualifications. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah, so I would say scratch that summary of qualifications, put in a solid branding statement that's going to be unique to you, and that's going to really sell you as a person. So I know I didn't answer your question about the wild oh, and that, wacky that was experience. But, I needed that. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's really- somebody listening that needed to hear that. Because we do, you know, you'll see dedicated, hardworking, team player. Yeah. Is it like, no, that's, that's. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm so going to skip all of these because okay. I've seen them in like the other 200 resumes. 
Uh, yeah, just don't even read them. Just yeah. roll down to the years of experience and the qualifications and read from there. Real quick, Andrew, what are, what are some things you don't like to see on a resume? Oh, this is such a hard question. I, I really can't just narrow it down to two, Mark, but okay, I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give you one right now. Emails. Oh, yeah. If you're going to submit a resume, just do like first name, last name at gmail.com. <laughs> Simple. I, I've heard some crazy ones. I've, hot, I've hot seen boy ice cream boy. A boy, boy 27. 27. Can't, can't do it. I saw a skater boy with the eight and B O I oh. 420. I was That's like, nice, man. All right. The emails he was like 15, 16, and just never changed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what just, I don't like just, to see about search up your emails, please. Is Hotmail. Who has at Hotmail? Who's AOL? No, no, no. If I see an AOL, I'm going to be like, oh, man, this guy's old school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, boomer. <laughs> like, does, the, does the search engine even work with AOL? I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, uh, updating, it is actually so cheap to get a domain. Yeah. That's professionalism right there getting a domain and it's, you know, mark at markbush.com, you know, those are, those are pretty cool. All right, Mark, you're up. up. 100% take it more seriously. Absolutely. I saw that. Absolutely. What about you, Mark? So I touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's pictures. I just don't like to see pictures on resumes and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just my own personal preference. I just am like, why? You know, so that that's, I guess, one of did my- you, Did you think your looks were going to get you the job? Maybe they see me, they'll, they'll bypass that I'm only at a job for six months. Yeah, know. yeah. So pictures and I, I guess I'll, I'll say one more. I know you said one, but I think it kind of talks about what Andrew was, it hits on what Andrew mentioned with, you know, aging yourself. And I will say, you know, not to get too serious, but age discrimination in hiring is a real thing. We as HR professionals try our absolute best and, you know, go through professional development and trainings and all that to, you know, to try to avoid that, any kind of discrimination. But depending on the job you're applying for, we don't need to see what you did before 2000, maybe even 2015 in some cases, because it's been a very yeah. long time. So we, uh, just to be mindful of that, I'll say. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. It's it, it's like a seven year look back is what you kind of want to do. I say 10 at most. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the job is asking for you to have 10 plus, exper- 10 plus years of experience, then show me that, yeah. you know, but, well, it is specific to each job. And I know the federal government is probably way different than that from an experience standpoint. But in the corporate field, I'd say, you know, give me 10 solid years of experience. Mm-hmm. I think I don't like to see uh, high school if you have a college degree. If you put your high school on there, that's another way of, like you said, Mark, uh, aging yourself. Just put your college background on there. Or or my second one in the same area is when people list their degree program that they haven't graduated from. It's That's not your degree. It's incomplete. So you're going to tell me how many years has been incomplete? That's kind of crazy to do. Just, you know, just leave it off. You know, it's okay. If, if the job doesn't require you to have the college background, then leave it off. 30 credits till, you know, the, no, leave it off. That irks me. Yeah, for, for me, if I see in progress and at least like it's, it, it has like an anticipated graduation date, mm-hmm. I don't mind seeing that. Okay. 
I don't mind seeing that. As for my other resume qualm, so the federal government, they want you to put as much detail in there as possible, right? There you go, yeah. But even then, you could still paint a picture in a page and a half, two pages, especially if you have like, I don't know, 20 plus years of experience. I'm going to expect you to have a, a long resume. But if you could shorten it down, yeah, two pages maybe. Please, <laughs> please. And then one more thing, and this isn't a this isn't a resume thing. All right, so this, this doesn't count towards my my, my second one. <laughs> cover letters. All right. Oh yeah. So for cover letters, I kind of feel that you got to keep it short and sweet if you are gonna do it, mm-hmm. and no more than a paragraph, and only do it if it's required. And a lot, a lot of companies don't really require it, but some do. And I understand that. And if yeah. you do write it from the heart, yep. you know, just, just give, give a bit of yourself on there that you couldn't put on the resume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but overall, when I see a cover letter, you know, they're kind of generic. I really want to work for your company. I think <laughs> I'd be a really good fit. And like, I could do all these stuff. So please hire me. And I was like, no, I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm going to rip that thing up, throw yeah. it in the shredder. And then I'm like, let me see the resume. Yeah. You I'm know acting like I actually is. hold resumes. They're definitely online right now. <laughs> when, when people look at the cover letters, I try to tell people don't, regurgitate what you just put in your resume i'm about to look at that why would you tell me that already you know i'm gonna see that so you just you've just wasted more space for you to tell me about you but one thing i would try to tell people is in your cover letter infuse the core values of that company that you're going to interview infuse it in that in your statement in your language a lot of people miss opportunities to show off that they've researched the company and that they're actually interested in you. So why not put that in your cover letter? Look at some of their accomplishments. Tell them about their accomplishments that you've seen in their organization in your cover letter. That's gonna make me, I'm like, man, okay, finally, you actually made it towards me. And, and, and to that same point, to get back to the resume, your resume should never be the same for each job you're applying for. Absolutely. The resume should be written for each position you're applying to. So if you were the service advisor at this company and you're applying to be service advisor at at company B, you need to change it to what their requirements are, what they're gonna have you to do. So yeah, so you can't just have a blanketed resume. It should be evolving for each time you submit it to, to another company. 100% agreed. Yeah. Look at the vision, the mission, the values of that organization. Most organizations have that on the, you know, homepage even. So yeah, definitely use their language. The last thing I don't necessarily love to see on resumes is big clunky paragraphs, specifically with your qualifications, you know, give me bullets, give me something easy to read. Like we all discussed earlier, we're, you know, giving the resume a few seconds, you know, 30 seconds max, you know, maybe even less in some instances. So I don't want to have to read every single line. So please bullet your resume and leave space for just, you know, free white space. If it's just too clunky, too, you know, jumbled up, it's not visually attractive. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so for me, some of the things that I like about resumes is it allows for the individual to really give a clear picture of why you should choose them. 
And some of the things that I like to see is when somebody has a job or they've been with a company for a really long time and they separate out their promotions from within that company. Mm-hmm. It shows that you're there for the long haul. And while you were there, you were progressing along the way up. And, and I think it gives a clear picture of who I'm going to be, be bringing into my organization. Somebody that's willing to work hard to move to the next level, not just have a job. So that's something I do like about resumes. Andrew, what's the one thing that you like in resumes when people put it in there? Oh, one thing I do like. I love seeing what you're about, not just at work, because that's what your resume is for, but back at home. I want to see what, you know, what interests you're into too. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I have produced music, right? So for me, I know that learning my program, learning how to play a keyboard or use this different types of music software, takes a lot of discipline. That's just an example. You know, you could be doing jujitsu, for example. It takes a lot of discipline to do any type of martial arts. Those kinds of things speak to your character. Mm-hmm. Not just not just what you see on the resume. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate an interest section like on that. resumes. I like that. Mark, what are some some things you do like in resumes that you've seen? I really enjoy a resume that tells me a story. It kind of goes back to like, you know, don't tell me, show me. And I think data is huge in telling that story. So don't just tell me that you were the operations manager. Show me how you were able to improve efficiency or logistics by whatever, you know, X amount of percent. And I think depending on the role, especially, you know, that kind of data is necessary that you'll probably even find some of that within the job description itself. So I think your resume should really, you know, highlight how you demonstrate certain skills, not necessarily just that you have the skills and data and quantitative data is the most um, effective way I have seen that demonstrated. So when, when you say data, I wanted to help the listeners to understand that a little bit more. It's like quantifying your numbers so that the HR rep can see what your impact for the organizations you were with can possibly have on their organization when if they bring you into them and and kind of showing them i supervise you know in a matter of five years i supervise this many people and i was able to bring this to that from this level to that level for me it's like one of those things where i want to know what your impact has been on those organizations to what that impact can have on my organization. It, it proves what you're, what you're saying. Don't just regurgitate the job description in your description of your jobs at, the, at your company, pretty much. One thing that I think people don't understand too is when we get down to the skill section, I see this all the time, Proficient and Microsoft Excel. And... It always blows my mind when I ask them, do you know what control F does? And people are like. Super basic. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's super basic. (laughs) So if, if you, if you're going to say proficient in Microsoft, please know some basic functions, or you may just want to say familiar with Microsoft Excel, this, that, and the other. So I just want people to understand that don't fluff your resume if you can't answer the questions that may come because of what you put in your resume. 
Yeah, 100% agree. And I think that even goes, it ties into like the show me, don't tell me, mm-hmm. because I would almost say, and it it's personal preference, not a hard rule, of course, but don't tell me that you've used, you know, you're proficient in Microsoft Excel. Show me, show me that you had to, you know, perform so many purchase orders using Quicken or that you, you know, just tell me really concrete specifics of how you utilize that software and not that you're just proficient in it because anybody can say that. Yep. Like just using common terms in Microsoft Excel, like, you know, I'm able to build formulas and create macros and things like that. Mm -hmm. So being able to say that and what, what those functions had to do with your success and your position, that's going to be um, great for the HR rep to see. So what I, what I really do like about resumes is this thing is literally probably one to two pages and we could literally talk about resumes all day, um, all day. Thanks, no. But uh, <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say uh, as we wrap it up. I think that Time after time, when I'm helping people with their resumes, when they send me their rough draft or the last resume they, that they created, I understand that they don't know the impact that their resume has on the viewer, or they don't know the power of the resume and what the need of the resume is to move forward in the interview process or in the hiring process. And so that's why I kind of wanted to do this episode to help people to understand that yo, these are people that are looking at these resumes all day, every day, all week. And they're telling you, hey, be efficient about this. Be concise, be informative, but don't leave things out. And and I think that's the, the big takeaway is please sell yourself. Andrew, any closing remarks from you? Hey, your resume is your story, man. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with flexing a bit on your story. So, <laughs> let me know. Let me know. It's good. It's good. Mark, any closing words from you? No. Thank you so much, Mark, for having and hosting us. And I hope that the information that we were able to share is effective and can help somebody go out there and win in the job hunt. Yeah. Hey, guys, here's what I want to do is we might continue these conversations on resumes, may even involve it to interviewing and interview techniques. I know for me, a lot of people tend to go very negative in interviews. So when asked about different things like, uh, why are you looking for uh, another job? Uh, Somebody will say things like very negative about their last position or their last company. I want to help people to understand that the more negative you go in an interview, the likeliness of you getting that job is going to be very low. So we may do some episodes on, you know, how to interview, how to answer tough questions in such a positive way that makes you look and appear better for the for the hiring manager. There so we go. Here, here's, here's what I'm going to do is please like, share. We will continue these conversations if you all like them. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate Mark and Andrew coming in and sharing their perspectives. Till next time. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Perspectives with Mark Bush and Friends. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share with a friend. There's no right and wrong when having a conversation discussing someone's perspective. We should seek to understand one another. That's the only way we do better for each other and grow. Till next time.